what's coming up now on Established in the Faith. We need more preachers that will get in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John rather than Floyd, Maslow, and Rogers. We need preachers today from the prayer closet that will go before God and receive of the Lord, receive a message from God instead of receiving a message from the Internet. Hello, neighbor, and welcome today to Established in the Faith. This is Pastor James Pierce of Friendship, Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina, and how so very pleased and happy we are to be with you today. Got a great message lined up for you. Hope you can stay with us for the next 30 minutes. If not, let me encourage you to go over to establishedinthefaith.com. There you can listen to today's message as well as many others that are in podcast form. Well, we're going to go on into the message now. Hope and pray it'll be a blessing to you. Bibles, would you turn with me, please, to the book of 1 Corinthians, the book of 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 11, 1 Corinthians chapter 11, move down, if you will, to verse 23, the Apostle Paul said, For I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he brake it and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. And after the same manner also he took the cup when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death till he come. Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily, eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this cause many are sick and weak among you, and many sleep. And I want to stop right there and use for a subject this morning, preaching a few minutes. The Lord's Supper. In writing these letters to the church at Corinth, the Apostle Paul addressed a number of problems. Before I go any further with that, let me just stop right here and say a few things. There were problems going on in the early church, and the Bible prophesies that the church in the last days will also have some problems. You see, the church is not just a building. The church is made up of people, people who believe in Jesus Christ. And your salvation is perfect. But I got news for you. You ain't perfect. And for those of you listening to me by radio this morning, you hop from church to church to church to church to church, and you're looking for the perfect church. 
Let me just say that they ain't no such thing. There never has been a perfect church. The only perfect church is the church that's up in heaven, those that have graduated and gone on to be with the Lord. That is the perfect church. But as long as you're down here on this earth, there's no such thing as a perfect church. You ain't going to find one. You say, well, Brother James, I just have you know we found the perfect church. Well, let me just tell you, don't join it. Because when you join it, it won't be perfect no more. The perfect church don't need no more people added to it. Okay? So there ain't no such thing as a perfect church. The church is made up of people, and as long as you got people, you're going to have problems. Now, some churches have more problems than others. There are some churches that are better than others. Some of you are going to go to church this morning. You're going down the road right now going to church, and you dread going to church because there are certain things going on in the church, and, and you don't like And I'm not talking about the preacher preaches against sin. Now, I'm not talking that needs to go on, okay? And if you feel rotten when you leave church because the preacher stepped on your toes, yet that's the way you're supposed to feel. There's supposed to be conviction in the preaching, you're supposed to feel like you're hanging over hell on a rotten stick, especially if you ain't living right and you ain't doing like you're supposed to, all right? But there are some people that go to church, and there are things going on in that church, and they leave the church feeling worse than they did when they went, because there are problems and things going on in the church that has not been addressed. And the Apostle Paul said, if you look there in verse 17, he said, when you come together, it's not for the better, but for the worse. I wonder how many people are going to church. You're supposed to go to church to get better. You're supposed to go to church to feel better. And if the gospel of Jesus Christ is being preached in the church like it's supposed to, and the music is right, you'll leave there feeling better. But there's a lot of politics and a lot of things going on behind the scenes, problems in the church that ain't being addressed, and you leave there feeling confused, and you leave there feeling angry. And you leave there, you're, you're mad, you're upset because there are things going on that ain't, that ain't supposed to be. You leave there worse than you did. Don't let that discourage you now because there's things going on in the church that ought not to be. Paul said in Hebrews 10, 25, he said, you're not to forsake the assembling of yourselves together. As believers, it's good for us to come together and be fed the word of God. And to glean from one another and love one another. And that's the way it's supposed to be. But that was not the case at the church at Corinth. And Paul said, first of all, if you'll look there, 1 Corinthians 11, verse 18. He said, first of all, when you come together in the church, I hear that there are divisions among you. These divisions were not over doctrinal issues. These divisions were over social issues. There is division in the church today that ought not to be. We are divided right down the line, and it's not over doctrine so much as it is this is a white folks' church and this is a black folks' church. Are we not divided today? The 11 o'clock hour in America is the most segregated hour in, in the country today. 
Why can't we all come together and worship the same God? Why is that? This thing ought not to be. Now, the social issue of that day, those who were wealthy looked down on those who were poor. And the thinking of that day, it was the same problem that Jesus had to deal with with the Jews now that Paul's having to deal with in this Gentile church. The thinking was, if the person is rich, then God's approving of their lifestyle. They must be doing something right because they're rich. And if you're poor, it's because you ain't living right. You've done something wrong. You're cursed of God or your family. And somebody in your past has done something wrong. And you're, and you're cursed of God. And, the, and that's what was going on in that church. If you're rich, then you're approved of God. If you're poor, then you're not approved of God. You're doing something and, and, and you're cursed of God. And this is what was going on in the Corinthian church. He said, if you look there in verse 19, there are heresies among you that they which are approved may be made manifest among you. He said that the rich ones were more approved of and more accepted in the church and got special treatment while the poor folks did not. This is what was happening. In the church. Something else that was going on in the church, there was a lot of Greek culture in the church. And let me say this culture is man made, culture is not of God, it is man made. And I don't care what your nationality is, what your color of skin is. When you get saved, you leave man's culture and you become a part of God's culture. When you come in the church, you check your culture at the door. Are you listening? Now, now, don't forget where you came from. That ain't what I'm talking about. But you leave your culture outside the church. When you come in the church, you're supposed to act like you're a godly person. Actually, you're supposed to be a godly person because every day you're following the Spirit of God. You're not walking after the flesh. You're walking after the Spirit. You're Christ-like in everything you do. That is the culture that you've entered into. But see, there's a lot of Greek culture in the Corinthian church. And they would have these Greek festivals, these these feasts, love feasts, and everybody would, would bring their own meals, and they were lavish meals. Somebody would bring lasagna, somebody would bring steak, somebody would bring ribs, and just bring the whole layout there, and, 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 and the rich people got to eat good while the poor people sat over there and did without and this is something else that was going on in the church that didn't need to be. They were drinking. Look at it there. What did he say in verse 21? One's hungry and another one's drunken. Paul is rebuking these people for acting the way they're acting. 
We need some rebuke in the church today. We need good, solid, hardcore preaching of the gospel today that'll shell it down and tell it like it is. There are people that need to be rebuked in the church for their behavior because it is not Christ-like. Oh, but you can't say nothing today, preacher. Any and everything goes today, preacher. If you say anything about about so-and-so, they'll get offended and they won't come back. If I don't step on your toes, I ain't doing my job. And if you're living in sin and I don't deal with it and address it, your blood will be accountable at my hands. I'll have to stand before God and give an account for every message I preach. And Paul said, I have received of the Lord. 1 Corinthians eleven twenty three. I have received of the Lord. Glory to God. We need more preachers today that will receive of the Lord and stop receiving of the Floyd. We need more preachers that will get in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John rather than Floyd, Maslow, and Rogers. We need preachers today from the prayer closet that will go before God and receive of the Lord. Receive a message from God instead of receiving a message from the internet. Are you hearing me? Get a message from God. Preachers, get on your face before God. Get off the golf courses. Get out of the bowling alleys. Get out of that deer stand. Get out of that fishing boat. Get in a prayer closet somewhere and seek God until God gets a hold of your heart and gives you a message. Then you come out of that side room on a Sunday morning and you deliver that which God has given unto you. Whether hell likes it or not. Brother James, don't you know if they preach like that, they're gonna, it's going to affect your paycheck. Sadly, that's the truth. But God will provide. Paul said, I have received of the Lord that which I delivered unto you. We need some preachers with some backbone today that will receive from God and shell it down and tell it like it is. That's what we need today. And Paul took them to the cross. He took them to the night that Jesus was betrayed. And he said there in verse 23 of 1 Corinthians chapter 11, The Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. The bread represents the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. Get this today. Understand this today. God... Jesus Christ laid aside his deity and took upon himself the likeness of sinful flesh, yet without sin. He lived in this world. He lived a perfect life. He never sinned one time in word, thought, or deed. The bread that he took was unleavened. Leaven in the Bible is a type of sin. Leaven, when you put it in bread, is what causes that bread to rise. 
leaven, sin in the heart of man is what causes man to rise up against God. But Jesus did not have a sin nature. He was perfect in every way. And that's what that bread represented. A perfect body thou hast given him. And Jesus took that bread, took upon the form of a human being, and he will forever stay in that form. Although it is a glorified form today, he will never go back to what he originally was before he took the bread, took upon himself the likeness of sinful flesh. And the Bible says there in verse 24 of 1 Corinthians chapter 11, He gave thanks. He gave thanks for the bread. Yes, we understand that. You thank God for the food that you're going to receive, you're going to eat, and especially some restaurants you go to. But Jesus gave thanks for the bread, but at the same time He was giving thanks for our salvation. Because he was the bread. That bread represented himself. And he's giving thanks for the opportunity to save you and I. If Jesus gave thanks for the bread, how much more should you and I today give thanks for the bread that he gave to save our souls? He gave thanks. And then he broke the bread also there verse 24 he said take and eat this is my body which is broken for you his body being broken for us speaks of the cross you and i eating that bread symbolizes our faith being in what he did you don't eat something that you don't trust if it don't look right if it don't smell right you don't eat it. And Jesus said, you take it and you eat it. This is my body, which is broken for you. And then the Bible says in verse 25 that he took the cup. About an hour or so after supper, they went to the Garden of Gethsemane. And in Matthew 26, verse 38 he told the disciples, he said, My soul is exceeding sorrowful, even unto death. Tarry ye here and watch with me. And he went a little further, fell on his face and prayed, saying, O oh my Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but thou will be done. This was the cup of judgment upon sin. The weight of the sin of the whole world was about to be laid upon his shoulders. He who knew no sin would become a sin offering for you and I. And as bad as all of that is, the worst part about it was this right here. The Bible says in Matthew 27, verse 45, that from the sixth hour to the ninth there was darkness over all the land. 
And about the ninth hour, Jesus cried with a loud voice, saying, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Out of all the things that Jesus endured upon Calvary, from the beating that he took, and they literally pulled the beard from his face, they smote him on the head till his head was swole three times its normal size. And then you take in the account the thorns that were placed upon his head. And they beat him with the cat of nine tails. His back was ripped to pieces. All of that, the nails in his hands and his feet hanging there upon the cross. As horrible as all of that is, the most horrible thing was when he was separated from God. For the first time in all eternity, Jesus Christ was separated from the Father. And that, ladies and gentlemen, was the most agonizing thing that Jesus suffered upon Calvary, being separated from the Father. Let me tell you this, the most agonizing thing that you will ever endure is being eternally separated from God. The Bible says that there was darkness upon the land. God cannot look upon sin. He cannot abide with sin. And it was almost as if though God pulled the blinds when the weight of your sin and the weight of my sin rested upon Jesus Christ. He took all the sins of the world, past, present, and future. He took it all upon his shoulders for you and I. And for a period of time, Jesus Christ was separated from the Father. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? This, ladies and gentlemen, is the cup that Jesus took for you and I. And he told the disciples, 1 Corinthians eleven twenty five, this cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as often as ye drink it in remembrance of me. Only the blood of Jesus Christ can wash you from your sin. Only the blood of Jesus Christ can make you justified before God. And don't ever forget that. And then he said in verse 26, For as often as ye eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death till he comes. Salvation is more than just a one-time thing. Salvation is an ongoing situation that occurs as you keep your faith anchored in Christ, who he is and what he did at Calvary, the Holy Spirit operates in your life. He cleans you up. He gets rid of the cobwebs in your life. As often as you do it, do it in remembrance of me, and you do show the Lord's death till he come. Either the Lord is going to come and call you home, or either the Lord is going to come in the rapture and call you home. But until he calls you home, we're to walk by faith and follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. And Jesus said, if you're going to come after me, you've got to deny yourself and take up the cross daily and follow me. And then Paul talks about being accounted worthy. 
to partake of the Lord's Supper. Look at verse 27. He said, Whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. To be accounted worthy, you must accept Christ as your Savior. You repent of your sin. You invite Jesus Christ into your heart. And you're asking Him to help you on a daily basis to live the life that a Christian is supposed to be living. And He said that if you don't do it, then you shall be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. That's judgment. And Paul said, let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. You need to examine yourself. You need to examine yourself on a daily basis, but particularly when we partake of the Lord's Supper. Is there something in your life that God is not pleased with? You're to take that thing before God and say, Lord, please forgive me. Wash me, cleanse me. The Bible says if we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. He said, He that eateth and drinketh unworthily eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. To partake of the Lord's Supper and to not be accounted worthy is a bad thing. Judgment is in your future. today has been a blessing to you and you would like to have a free CD copy of this message, just give us a call or text us at 252-299-4234. You can also go to establishedinthefaith.com. There you will find today's message as well as many others that are in podcast form. But perhaps you need someone to just talk to or to just pray with you about something. Again, just give us a call at 252 252- Two nine nine four two three four. This program is an outreach ministry of Friendship Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina. As well, depends on the prayerful and generous financial support of listeners like you. To contact us or to contribute to this ministry, go to establishedinthefaith.com. Click on the Donate tab. It's easy and all donations are safe and secure through PayPal. You can also mail us at Established in the Faith, P.O. Box 601, Bailey, North Carolina, 27807. We look forward to hearing from you. Hello, I'm Haven. And I'm Juliana. And you've been listening to Established in the Faith with our dad, James Pierce. He's the pastor of Friendship Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina. That's right, girls. And every Sunday morning we have Sunday school starting at 9 o'clock and worship service at 10, as well as Bible study and prayer meeting every Wednesday night at 7 o'clock. All of these services are broadcast to the parking lot for those of you who wish to participate drive-in style. And the church is located at 744 Friendship Church Road in Middlesex, North Carolina, near the EMED community. On the website, if you click on the Contact Us tab, Google Maps will bring you right to us. We would love to have you, and we hope to see you there. And we hope today's program has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening, and God bless you.